0: are you excited about christmas okay the rest of you need to get get busy and get started because god wants you to be excited about the birth of his son the title of this morning's message is the choice to rejoice the choice to rejoice and there are a lot of you know i like this kinda of, i don't i don't know that what it does to the cameras but but uh... if you're at home and i'm missing for a moment i'll be back but um But we have the opportunity to be joyful every day. But particularly at Christmas, it's an appropriate time for us to think about joy. In nearly every Christmas account, we're reading about an explosive kind of joy that the people in the Gospels are experiencing because of the birth of Christ. And so this morning, we want to explore that for ourselves. Are you joyful? Or do you feel like something's missing? Or are you hurting because of something that happened recently, or this year, or several years ago, and maybe your heart is broken? Jesus wants you to be joyful, and today we're going to look at the shepherds, the account of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, and if you've not already turned there in your Bible, I encourage you to do so, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 8 through 20, and we're going to look at how joy functioned in the life of some very ordinary men Luke chapter 2 verse 8 and we read now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night and behold an angel the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid then the angel said to them do not be afraid for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, This is your word, and although we talk about Luke as an author, we know he was filled with your spirit, inspired by your spirit to write these words. And we pray that the truth about joy, as well as the truth of who your son Jesus is, would fill our minds and our hearts today. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We ask you to be our teacher, and that every individual here would be challenged to become a joy-filled man or woman, boy or girl. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we saw how joy came to Mary. And the angel appeared to her, told her she was going to have this baby and who he was going to be, and his name was going to be Jesus. But Mary wasn't joyful yet. She went to see Elizabeth. And Elizabeth had this wonderful expression of praise when the baby in her womb John the Baptist leapt when the proximity the closeness to Mary's baby was right there and Elizabeth burst out and said this marvelous truth about Mary without being told the very same truth that the angel had told to her and Mary bursts out in a song a poem and she talks about the joy that's filling her she says i'm rejoicing in god my savior what we saw in mary last week is that joy comes as you and i believe in christ that joy is a result of believing specifically we looked at john 15 verse 13 where paul writes now may the god of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing and it's while you and i are believing in him that he can fill us with joy. If I'm holding on to my troubles, holding on to my plans, holding on to all the things that are weighing me down in my heart, it's very difficult, if not impossible, for him to fill me with joy. But if I'm believing, if I'm resting that he is Lord, he is God, that everything in my life is under his control, that nothing is out of control, that I can trust him, I can rest in him, Everything that's plaguing me, everything that's facing me, I can I can give it to him, and I know and I have this settled assurance in my heart that everything's going to be all right. He says when we're believing in him, resting in him, he said he can fill you with joy. But today we want to take this a little bit further. And I want to underscore the fact that joy is a choice that you and I make. Joy is a choice. How much joy you experience is up to you it's not up to anyone around you whether or not you're going to be joyful it doesn't matter who they are what they do what they say that doesn't control your joy it doesn't matter what emotions you're experiencing whether you're experiencing pain or fear or sadness or anger or grief how much joy you experience how much joy when you go to bed tonight that you look back over your day and how much joy you experience is absolutely completely under your control joy is a choice and so today I want us to explore this with the shepherds by posing two questions here's the first one first question do you believe that you can be joyful do you believe that you can be joyful one of the reasons you and I don't experience joy is I don't believe it's possible now there is such a thing as clinical very real form um, of depression That people experience and some of you may be experiencing that and you have thoughts that seem to be out of control you have emotions that seem to be out of control it feels like nothing is going to ever change and people around you may not know you're feeling this way you may be you may be able to hide it and cloak it in in some kind of um, smile or way of living that you've learned to do but inside your heart is very very sad you may even have had thoughts of taking your life thinking no one will care no one will notice if you're gone and you know the enemy is so afraid of what god can do with your life he is so afraid of god's purpose and plan for your life that if he can he'll keep you right there he'll keep you thinking that way he'll keep you with a sense of hopelessness and despair but jesus has a plan for your life he has a purpose if you're breathing here this morning he has a purpose for you, and part of that purpose includes a joyful life. He has that for you, and so do you want that? Do you want to be joyful? Well, we learn from the shepherds that joy is possible for you and for me. First, joy is an immediate possibility. Joy is an immediate possibility. In verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch Over their flocks by night now shepherds these guys were living ordinary lives watching sheep and I tell you what I can't imagine anything less exciting than watching sheep I mean what do they do maybe when they're little they're cute I see some of those you know little videos cute little sheep jumping around but you know once they get bigger all of that's gone like most of us once we get bigger not so cute anymore and you're just watching them. They don't jump high, they don't do funny things. I mean, and they wander around and they eat. And, and I think at night that gets even worse. Just sort of some white blobs out there in the dark. And what were these guys doing? They were doing that. They were watching the sheep. They are, they are not experiencing circumstances that are particularly exciting or wonderful or amazing. And, and they're living out their life. It's an ordinary life. And some would say it's a boring life. And, um, I mean, what do we do when we want to go to sleep? What are we supposed to do? Count sheep. I mean, that's how exciting it is. So um, that's where they were. And it's easy for you and I to feel like our lives are in a rut and have been in a rut for a long time, for five years or 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. My life is nothing. It's not mounting to nothing. It's going nowhere. And, And I begin to think if I live that way long enough, that I may begin to think that if I could just go somewhere else, I'd be happy. If I could do something else with my life, I'd be happy. If I could marry someone else, I'd be happy. If I could do anything but where I am, doing what I am, where I am, living the life that I have, then I would be happy. And yet this scripture says that when the moment of joy came, what were these guys doing? They were doing ordinary life. And joy is not something that's out there. Joy is right here. It is an immediate possibility available to you and me. It's not something you have to wait for. It's not something you have to go find. It's something that you choose. Secondly, not only is it an immediate possibility, joy is a personal possibility. In verse 10, the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. All people. Messed up people people who have their act together, people who are good people, bad people, happy people, sad people, uh, constitutionally. Uh, doesn't matter what your nationality is. He says this joy, these glad tidings of great joy, are for all people. Now, one of the great problems that I see more and more as a pastor, and I experience in my own life, is, is this mindset that I am the exception, this exceptionalism that when I read something like this, where it says all people, that that applies to everybody but me, that I don't see myself in the word all, and maybe you're that kind of person, but you need to recognize that this is a personal possibility, not just for the congregation of Win Baptist Church, not just for the Christians in the world, but for you, you individually, you personally. God intends that you know joy. There's a third observation here. Joy is an immediate and a personal possibility. It's also a supernatural possibility. In verse 11, he goes on to say, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so you have a Savior, and he is the source of joy. And once you and I know that, you can begin to choose joy, knowing that that is where it comes from he is the source he is the reason this news is so amazing and this news is so wonderful that we celebrate at Christmas time your heart may be broken he can heal your heart sin may be defeating you he can give you victory over sin you may feel that the guilt of past things that you have done is pressing so greatly on you I'm so messed up I can never do anything right I can never fix this who is this baby? He is a Savior that's been born to you. A Savior, Christ the Lord. You may feel like the events in your life are out of control. That nothing is going right. Nothing is coming together the way it should. And yet it says he is Christ the Lord. He is the anointed one sent by God. And he rules over everything in your life. The possibility of joy is rooted in Christ being my Lord. knowing. That I can trust him with everything that's happening in my life. And that everything is going to be okay because of that. Do you believe it's possible for you to be joyful? The shepherds illustrate for us that anyone, anytime, anywhere can experience joy. There's a second question I want us to look at today. And that's this. Do you want to be joyful? Not only do you believe it's possible... But do you want it do you do you want to be joyful we think joyful just uh, being joyful just happens we think joy is something that if i search for it i'll find it and yet scripture over and over again makes it very clear that joy is a choice i want you to see this that joy can come to you and me when i first choose to go and see choose to go and see joy is a choice I have to make a choice. In verse 15, these shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see. They didn't have to do that. They could have said, well, that's a great message. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to commit it to memory. I'm going to put it on a plaque on the wall that there is born to me a Savior in Bethlehem. They didn't have to go see. They could have stood right there. And if they had stayed right there, they never would have experienced joy. They needed to investigate it. They needed to go check it out. They could have just sat there and said, no way. But instead, they made a decision to go and see this Jesus who is the object of this news of great joy. And so that says to me, you and I have to go and check him out ourselves. I have to know him for myself. It's not enough to hear about him. It's not enough to sit in church five years, ten years, twenty years, and hear somebody else tell me about Jesus. I need to know him for myself I need to go and see him and the easiest thing in the world is to sit back and just sort of be a skeptic and say well that's fine for my brother that's fine for my parents that's fine for those other people but um, it's a lot easier just to stay where I am if you're here this morning you're not a Christian you're not a Christ follower have you ever checked him out have you ever searched the scripture to really see what the Bible says about who Jesus is and uh, if you're gonna know joy You can't just stay there. You need to investigate. You need to do your homework. You wouldn't do less for anything else that mattered to you in life. Why would you go so easy on this? And one of the reasons you and I don't experience joy is we just sit back, do nothing, expect everything to come to us. Well, the shepherds checked them out, and it changed them. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say, rejoice. Now that's a command that may startle you but that's a command he says rejoice in the Lord always that means I can I can be joyful as an act of obedience I can choose to rest my life in Christ I can choose to let him handle all the big things but notice what he says he says rejoice where in the Lord I don't think that's an accident that he put that phrase there rejoice in the the lord it's not in what's happening around me that's going to be my joy it's not in my circumstances it's not in what people are doing or saying but my joy is in the lord and i can rejoice in him and of all the qualities and titles that he could have chosen at that moment he said rejoice He didn't say rejoice in the christ that would have been true he didn't say rejoice in the savior he said rejoice in the lord And once again, we're confronted with the fact that if I'm going to be joyful, it comes, he fills me with joy in believing, in resting in the fact that he is Lord. And some of you need to make that discovery. You're trying to solve all your problems. You're trying to fix everything. You're trying to figure out all the answers and all the solutions. And there's no wonder there's no joy in your life. You've got to release that to the Lord. Rest in him. Know that he is God. Know that he is in control every day you and I have the opportunity to choose to go and see Christ to meet with him as believers we have the opportunity at any moment any time any place to turn to him in prayer and say Lord Jesus I'm giving this to you I'm feeling the pressure I'm feeling the weight and I'm trying to own responsibility for my life and God I know that's not true I am your servant I belong to you I've been bought with a price and I'm giving you all responsibility for what's coming down and for what's happening to me. In Psalm 16 verse 11 the psalmist says, "You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy." If I need joy right now, right this moment, I can turn to Christ. I can seek him. I can turn to him. I can welcome him into this moment, into this crisis, into this need, whatever it is I'm experiencing. What does he promise there? He says in your presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand, pleasures forevermore. And so I need to choose to go and see. We have never been called to believe just about Jesus, we've been called to know him and to experience him daily in our lives. Well, there's a second thing we see in the shepherds joy comes when we choose to go and tell, not just come and see, but to go and tell. What did they do after they saw the baby Jesus? Look at verse 17. It says, When they had seen him, they made him widely, they made widely known the saying which was told them. They were excited. Let me tell you what happened to us when we were watching the sheep. An angel came. He told us, I've got great news of great joy. And uh and they went and saw and it was true and they went and told others about this baby and who he was he's a savior he's Christ the Lord that's what the angel told us and we have seen him for ourselves you know one of the ways you can sustain joy in your life is to nurture joy in someone else's life you know too many times we steal joy from others but if we nurture joy everything changes um, what has God done in your life lately? What is he doing in your life? When you trusted Christ, how did He change you? How is he changing you today? Where is he at work? And when you share that with someone else, if, if you don't if you just leave Jesus out of the conversation and say, well I'm, I'm changing, I'm growing, and they say, well, that's great. you must have read a good book somewhere. I'd like to get that book." Or, or you tell them I've, I've quit doing this thing, I've quit doing that thing, I've quit Uh, This addiction or that thing I've turned over a new leaf and people say, "Well, that's good for you And uh, they're thinking boy, I'd I'd like to do some of that, too But if you go and you tell them my life has been transformed by Jesus Christ He's changed me the way I used to think is changing the way I used to want things is changing My desires have changed my temperament is changing those things are changing in me I feel the old self I feel the old habits, but also feel the power of his presence in my life and Jesus Jesus it's changing me. You know what that does to someone who's been struggling with some habit, who's been struggling with a problem, and they don't know where to turn? It gives them hope. Hope. And as you nurture joy in others, it sustains joy in your life. Inside your worship folder, you found or you should have found a little postcard. And uh, let me tell you what you can do with that. I got, I got a little take home assignment for you today. We don't give homework in big church very often but today we are I got some homework for you and uh, if you haven't found the card I encourage you to pick one up there are more at the welcome desk when we leave and it says how to fight for your family on Sunday January 10th 2016 that's going to be our first Sunday where we're all back into a normal schedule here for the new year January 10th and uh, on that day there are there are certain times of the year where it is very easy to invite someone to come to church because they're open to new things they're open to new beginnings the starting of a new year is one of those times and I want to encourage you to take advantage of that one of those natural times of the year where people are thinking about starting new things trying new things restoring new habits whatever the case may be and say I want to I want to invite you to come on this particular Sunday If they are struggling with any aspect of their life as a family member, a father, a mother, son, or daughter, single, senior adult, doesn't matter, we are going to address how to fight for your family. We're going to do that in the worship services, both services that Sunday. And in our Bible study lessons, we're seeking to encourage people to fight for their family. We live in a country where the family's under attack. We've said it so many times for so many years, it just sounds goes in one ear and out the other. But families are falling apart. And when, Arkansas is no exception. We have marriages under attack. We have children running from God. We have spouses running from one another. And we need to be a force in helping people fight for the family. And so I want to encourage you to use this as an invitation card. You'll notice on the back we left it blank. And I want to encourage you if someone comes to mind to jot their name down and just write a note to them say say dear John uh, I want to invite you on January 10th as my friend to come with me to church I want to invite you to come to Bible study and uh, and I'll pick you up or I'll meet you at the at the church at such and such time and I'll go with you to Bible study and we'll go together to worship and I want to encourage you to start the new year I want you to enjoy something where God has taught me so much he's changed my life and I want to offer that to you and and uh, it may not have to be that preachy it may just be a simple invitation but but use it as an invite give it to your friends invite them to come nurture joy in someone else how cool would it be if someone you know who's struggling at home came on that day and they came to know christ as their savior or they received hope that my life can be different that my family can change Uh, i would want to be a part of that wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't you? Amen. Amen. Choose to go and tell. And then joy comes to me, not only when I go and see and go and tell, but finally, choose to go and live joyfully. Choose to go and live joyfully. In verse 20, it says, Then the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God. Return to where? Anybody. where they return to? The fields. Watching the sheep. The same boring, smelly sheep. But what are they doing now? (laughs) They're glorifying and praising God. Their whole perspective of life has changed. Same life, same circumstances, but a whole different heart. And and it's a heart filled with joy. How is that possible? You say, Pastor, you just don't know. My life is so ruined. My life is so messed up. My life is so broken. There's no way that I can experience joy in the midst of my trouble. I want to call your attention to one verse of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34. The book of Hebrews was written to a group of Christians who were struggling in the face of growing persecution with their faith. And and listen, that, that may sound like a truth in an old book, but that is becoming increasingly a reality for Christians in North America. And the book of Hebrews is a book that helps Christians who are weak in their faith grow strong in their faith and not back up when that testing moment comes. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34, we read this. The writer says, For you had compassion on me in my chains, and joyfully accepted, literally with joy, joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. With joy, they took your stuff away. They took all your stuff away. With joy, you experience that. Why? Because they took your stuff away? I I got something hidden up here, sort of. And um, give me just a second. Here it is. I got Reese's. (laughs) Uh, And um, those of you who know me, I I like chocolate of all kinds, but I particularly like uh, chocolate and the peanut butter combination. So uh, inexpensive, doesn't cost a lot. If you're looking for a way to bless your pastor, (laughs) you know, bring it. So Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Now, let's say this represents the thing that makes me happy at this moment in my life. Whatever it is, the circumstances that I have, the, um, the place I have in life, my health, um, my family, all the things that are sources of blessing and happiness to me maybe are represented by this. Uh, my friends, and it just seems like things are going well. Well, that's kind of where these people in Hebrews are at that moment. They, they love Jesus, they know they're going to heaven, and they have a reason to be happy have a reason to be joyful because of of the things that they have. And and God wants us to be joyful over what we have. He wants us to be happy over stuff. It's okay to celebrate things. It's okay to celebrate good circumstances and victories and all that kind of stuff. He's he's a God that celebrates. So, So that's what I have. But let's say someone comes and takes that away from me. One of you short people on the third row, why don't you come up here? Yeah, come on up here. Come on up here. Just come on up here there's a theft about to happen do you like do you like Reese's come up here and steal it from me it's the only time you can do this in church okay you can go back to your seat Didn't she do a great job it's theft now suddenly somebody has come and taken away the thing that was making me happy didn't she and and suddenly my whole foundation if, if that was the total complete story of my happiness has been taken away from me by someone or by some series of circumstances where it's been taken away now that's exactly what's being described in Hebrews 10 is somebody came and took their stuff confiscated their possessions their homes their livelihood whatever it was and they had of, all, of the people at that time they had every reason to be sad every reason to be sad and in your life right now at any given point for most of us there are there are two rails That your life runs on and and one of those rails is a rail of trouble difficulty circumstances and we all have that and unfortunately you don't have to do anything to run on that rail Uh, you're just there (laughs) and jesus said in the world you will have trouble he said you will have tribulation but there's another rail and it's a rail that involves christ a life in christ and it's a life that where when i rest in him and trust him with all the circumstances of my life all the things that are going on Everything that I have, everything that's happening to me, I trust him with that. Then there is a possibility of joy. Now, to move from one rail to the other, I've got to choose joy. And he said that these people in Hebrews that he was writing to, he said that you, you accepted the plundering of your goods with joy. Why? Because she took my reasons? No, that wasn't a happy moment. It's because I got something better. I got something better. I got a big one. (laughs) Ha! And I got a bunch of them, a whole bag of them. You touch it between services, I'm going to hurt you. But the truth is, we have this abundance. We have a greater and an enduring possession, he says. A greater and an enduring possession possession no one can touch it because it's not visible but by faith I know it exists by faith it is my possession in Christ and because I know I have this greater and enduring possession take my little Reese's I got the big stuff still waiting for me and you can't touch it you can't take it away and that's where you and I are I can choose nobody escapes the trouble Nobody gets out of this life without trouble. But I have to choose. There is another way to live. And I can choose to live resting my life in Christ. And so that brings me to a bottom line this morning. The bottom line statement this morning is this. Joy flows from people who choose Jesus to be the ruling center of their lives. That's where it comes from. And those of us here this morning who have said, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are the ruler of my life. Whatever comes my way, I know you're in control, and I accept it. I may not always understand. I may not like it. It may not feel good, but I'm trusting you, and I'm releasing control of my life. I'm releasing my destiny. I'm releasing all of that into your hands. Some of you this morning, you have never trusted Jesus Christ ever as your Lord and Savior. And this morning... He wants you in a public and a definite way to say to this congregation, to the whole world, I am going to put my trust in Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible says the reason you and I need to do that is because of sin that has infected your life from birth. And that sin is separating you from God, keeping you from knowing him and from experiencing him. Sin is keeping you from the life that God has for you. God made you so that you would bring honor to him and glory to him and that is the abundant life that Jesus promised sin is the gap between this life of glorifying God and where you and I actually live for all of sin the Bible says and come short of the glory of God and we live short of this life that he has for us but when I come to Christ and I put my trust in his cross that he died for my sins and I trust him the Bible says he'll forgive me for my sins But more than that he will come into my life his holy spirit will come into me and his spirit will give me a new nature and he will change me from the inside out have you been born again have you been changed like that have you trusted christ choose christ and joy can begin in your life those of us who already know him brothers and sisters you and i still have a choice to make every day every day to rejoice in the Lord in the Lord always and again I say rejoice do you have a decision to make t- this morning how's God speaking to you what's the next step in your journey towards God or with God that you need to make this morning in just a moment we're gonna stand and sing I'll be down here at the front I'll climb down off the platform I'll be here at the front There'll be two other pastors here waiting down front. We're here to pray with you, counsel with you. If you need to trust Christ, we'll answer your questions. We'll share scripture with you. You can read it for yourself. But don't leave here today hesitating or wondering, is Jesus real? I'm ready to trust him. Uh, But I still have questions. Come, talk to these pastors. Talk to me. We'll pray with you. Brother or sister, I don't know what you're facing this Christmas, For some of you, you're experiencing great sorrow and um, it may be for the very first time you're doing Christmas without someone who's precious to you. And I just want you to know when I pray here in just a moment, I'm praying for you that in the midst of your sense of loss, that God, who promises to do it, will fill you with joy as you rest your life in him. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence here in these moments. I know there are others praying here even as I'm praying. And you have said where two or three are gathered in your name that you would be there also. And so, Father, as we enter into this, this response time, I pray for that man, that woman, that boy or girl who's experiencing great sadness and sorrow. And I pray you would enable them in these moments to boldly choose to rest their life into your hands and to yield control over everything that's happening to you. And would you fill them with joy this Christmas, we pray. And if there's anyone here that needs to trust Jesus, we pray that with boldness and with excitement they would slip out of the pew or the balcony, that they would come and confess Christ before men. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.